Welcome to the Humanity Matters Podcast, where we discuss philosophy, faith, leadership, nonprofits, and a host of social issues. We want to add value and understanding the dignity and freedom of human beings. For more information, visit the website philipfletcher.org. And now, the Humanity Matters Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Dr. Philip Fletcher here, and I hope everybody is having a Good night. It is uh, Tuesday, January 7th, and we've got a lot going on. And so first of all, just want to shoot out a <clears throat> big uh, prayer and uh, support for uh, the men and women soldiers who are stationed in uh, Iraq right now, uh, if you don't know, they experienced a uh, rocket attack. Uh, it's been reported it was um, launched by uh, Iranian forces um, hitting one of the bases in Iraq. And from what I understand right now, there have been no casualties. So that is uh, awesome. And so uh, keep in prayers those men and women who are stationed over there. And also keep in prayer uh, the families here at home or who may be stationed uh, overseas who are apart from their uh, family members at this point in time. Uh, Wow, it is a lot going on. Just so a couple of things hope to encourage everybody on uh, about this whole uh, situation is, you know, I posed a couple of questions and some thoughts earlier today. One was dealing with uh, nonviolence. And essentially this is that at the end of the day, um, to see violence decrease in our world, um, it takes individual interactions. It requires uh, men and women interacting with one another uh, on a daily basis and preferring to uh, see one another and their dignity and their majesty that's in all of us and developing those relationships. In one of my questions, it was great. I I saw uh, a comment by a Gary Roberts. He had uh, essentially put out that we need more interactions between people. And so I would hope uh, that um, as, hey, what's going on, Joe? Glad you could join us. Um, That Violence, whether verbal violence or physical violence, uh, these things can be reduced as we get to know one another, as we develop relationships with one another, that as individuals uh, come together and meet with one another and understand one another's stories, uh, understand one another's backgrounds, interests and hobbies and histories, things like that. Uh, That's one of the ways, it's not the way, but it is one of the ways um, in which um, violence can be reduced. What's going on, Victor? Uh, Glad to hear from you from the first time. We're talking about just what's going on in the world, Uh, specifically uh, United States uh, conflict with uh, Iran. Uh, The 
Other thing I want to bring up in regards to nonviolence and and I'm coming from this position is a it has to lead somewhere. It has, it has to go somewhere, right? So um, our ends must be as pure as our means. And so if we want outcomes that are nonviolent, uh, our means must be nonviolent as well. And so I would encourage uh, persons, hey, read up on a different group. Get to know a different group. What's going on, Amber? Uh, get to understand their history. Ask questions. Um, I would encourage you, don't get so sensitive. Share your story. Share uh, the goods and the bads. Um, seek to understand another person's perspective. Do not um, immediately try to label somebody. We got a lot of labels being thrown around uh, today, disparaging people. And the disparagement of people, it squelches um, conversation and the opportunity to get involved in relationships with people. Uh, so one of the things that happened was I posed some questions. I was like, hey, how did you feel, uh, honestly, about the death of the Iranian general uh, Soleimani, um, which happened January 3rd? Um, it happened in Iraq. Uh, he was in a convoy and uh, special operations forces uh, executed the target uh, through a drone strike. All right. So, you know, that's the the nuts and bolts of it. I know tomorrow uh, the Department of Defense, the defense secretary is going to be giving a briefing to the Senate and then more information is going to come out. So I think it'd be good for us to, you know, reserve judgment until we hear uh, the reasons why that um, general was killed at that time. Um, and you know, then make up our minds from there. What's going on, Hema? What's going on, Jeremy? And as I was posing questions, some of the things I was seeing is, is I wonder, do we understand the role of our government as it relates to the defense uh, of American citizens, but also um the role of the president? What is the role of Congress? Uh, what is the role of the military? Um, and I was getting the sense from people that were uh, commenting on my page. There are some persons that were tending towards pacifism, right? And there were some people that are tending towards just war. And then there were some that was just tending towards, hey, you know, blow them off the face of the earth. You know, hey, it is what it is. And so I think this will be a great opportunity. So this is my encouragement to people to get an understanding um, of the concept of war and, and what is involved with that as it relates to um, the conduct of war. Who's supposed to conduct war? Who's supposed to be involved with it? What is the decisions that go into war? Now, right now, there has been no declaration of war, right? Congress constitutionally is charged to declare war. Uh, it's under the president's charge to execute that since he is the, or she would be the commander in chief. In this case, it is president uh, Donald Trump. And you know, some of the things I was seeing as well is, Hey, what is the role of government to protect? So should our United States government 
as it relates to American citizens at home and abroad, where there's embassies or military bases, so on and so forth. Should our government just be reactionary? Meaning, if I'm traveling somewhere and I'm killed uh, by a um, foreign entity, okay, and I'm with a group of people, we're a group of Americans and we're killed by a foreign entity, um, should the role of my government be reactive? Or if they find out that information is about to happen, should they be proactive and um, arrest or kill um, those individuals who had the opportunity to take my life? I think that's something that we could and should talk about. Uh, The other thing is this is the role of Congress in approving actions. Now, again, if if y'all follow me for any period of time. I'm a former military combat arms officer, okay? And it's important. What's going on, Tara? What's going on, Paul? Jeremy? Uh, We're just talking about same old thing everybody else has been talking about, just trying to discuss ideas and things like that. So if you've got a question, just chime on in. I'd love to interact with you. And so what is the role of Congress in approving actions? Um, You know, there's been talk that Uh, The president should have gotten the approval of Congress before executing the target. Okay, now I keep using that language. You're not going to hear me use takeout or anything like that. This was a military operation on a military individual um, supposedly reportedly conducting military actions um, who was designated as a terrorist. Uh, by the previous uh, administration. And so the the president getting that information, um, is the president supposed to, before any military action is to be conducted, is he or she every time to go to Congress to get approval before conducting that action? And if that is the case, and I'm thinking about the War Powers Act that was um, signed in the seventies. Um, what are the, what's the trade-offs that happen with that? That's something to think about or how much latitude is the president of the United States given as a commander in chief to prosecute, not just war, right? So when I'm thinking of war, I'm thinking about interaction between at least two sovereign nations. Okay. Uh, on a, extended basis that's going to have a conclusion, okay? Um, What is the role of Congress in that? So that's something else we've got to take into consideration because in military operations, speed is a concern. The element of surprise is a concern. Um, Tempo is a concern. Being able to um, execute the target uh, in in a manner that protects those who are executing the target, okay, is a is a, another consideration. And so, um, what things should Congress know, right, prior to the execution of said target, and what things should Congress know after the execution of a target? I think that's a discussion that we need to have. I think. People should look up. It's a great opportunity again. 
um, to dig deep and just read up on some things. So I would encourage people, um, you can look up some different things regarding war. So there's just war. Well, let's, let's start this way. There's pacifism. So you're like, hey, uh, no violence. You know, war is just not the answer. All right. Uh, there are different, you know, some versions of just war. And those were developed by uh, Augustine and Thomas Aquinas. Um, that's reaching way back um, in history. Um, development of just war theory and essentially that uh, the government has the sword, if you will, and the government is charged uh, to protect uh, its citizens. So that's something that you can look at as well. Uh, there's some other ones called militarism. Uh, and essentially, hey, you know, s- let the dogs of war loose, cry havoc and slit the dogs of war. I think that's how the term goes. And just let them go. Um, you know, there's also, uh, you know, the right to self-defense. And so if somebody is coming to my house, um, am I justified in using violence to protect myself, my family, my property? You know, those, and so these are things we have to think on an individual level. But then how does that apply on a national level? Right. I may be a pacifist for my house, but is pacifism the right thing for a society of people? Right. And in our society, since. We are pluralistic and we have a diversity of opinions and a diversity of thoughts. We have to come to a consensus of what is going to be best for the society. And, you know, since we live in a republic and not a democracy, um, you know, our 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 representation, it comes together and, um, you know, it looks at the law, the Constitution, and uh, it says, hey, this is how we're going to go about protecting our citizens. And so I would just encourage people just to look up different theories of war, just war, pacifism, uh, right to self-defense. There's one called consequentialism. Basically, the ends justify the means. Um, I don't know what case uh, that you lean towards, but get an understanding of that and then ask yourself, is what you do for your own house, your own individual life, is that appropriate? Is that the best thing for the nation? And that's something to consider. Should our nation just have a posture of just flexing military muscle and just going wherever? There's, there, you know, there's cost to that. Should the nation just be pacifist and just hunker down and just respond only when it is attacked? Uh, there's consequences to that. Every action has uh, a consequence. And I think we're learning that even with President Donald Trump's decision um, to give the order to see that the general was killed. Um, So we got a question here. If Congress is the one that has to declare war, shouldn't they have a saying in conducting an action that is going to cause war to be declared on us? like assassinating a high-ranking general with a nation we are not at war with instead of the president making the call on his own. Um, The president did not make the call on his own. Um, I think one of the things we need to understand is 
the president is surrounded by um, a, a slew of advisors. Um, from my own experience uh, in, in situations like this, you have a lot of different information that is coming in in order for the president and his advisors to uh, make the most reasonable decision. Um, ultimately, you know, the buck does stop with the president. Yes, Congress has to declare war. Yes, they're giving information. All right. But again, um, I think we're in a different. And here's the other thing. I think we're in a different time period now since the global war on terrorism, since uh, what happened with Afghanistan, what happened with Iraq and the designation of uh, these groups, not necessarily nation states, but these groups uh, that are seeking uh, to conduct terrorist activities, not just in the Middle East, but all throughout the world. I think that is um, I think we're in a case where we have to um, seek to understand this new context. Um, as far as conduct of action. Uh, so that's where you get into it is it is not the responsibility of Congress um, to give the plan, come up with the strategic operational and tactical plans for military. That is on the Department of Defense with its individual secretaries from the Navy, you know, the Marine, the Navy, uh, the Army, the Air Force, and all of those uh, men and women, those generals on down uh, the chain. And so everybody's got their part to play. Congress ultimately representing the people says, yes, do this. No, do this, right? This is how far you can go, how far it can't go. And this is when it's going to be over. Um, the president of the United States, he's a commander in chief. He executes it just like the laws. He executes it. Um, and then uh, it, it goes from there. But no, per, no one person is is making these decisions on his or her own. This is a room full of people who are um, looking at information and coming up with decisions. I think what I'm, I'm seeking to do is, uh, I, I, again, like I said in a previous video, we have to step back for a second. Um, somebody had commented, and I'm just putting out the comments. Uh, I'm neither supporting nor rejecting um, the comment, but somebody had given me a comment that a lot of people are upset about this decision because it's President Donald Trump. If had if it had been uh, another president, people would not have had a big deal. People have asked me, well, you know, President Barack Obama, um, when he was in office, he dropped as many bombs. People didn't have an issue with that. Uh, the question is why? Um, when, um, you know, recently President Donald Trump, you know, he he executed an order to kill, quote unquote, al-Baghdadi. Al um, there wasn't a lot of uproar over that. Why was this different? Um, you know, people have referred to this as, and I'm just quoting, uh, Trump delusional syndrome, or people are just mad because it's Donald Trump. If it had been somebody else, uh, they wouldn't be mad. Uh, others have commented, um, you know, when Obama 
President Obama were to do something like this, those on the right would be mad and those on the left would be like, yay, you know, and now that President Trump has done something, the right is like, yay, and those who are on the quote unquote left are like, ah, oh, forget this dude, you know, um, and, and that kind of speaks to the state our nation is in right now um, that we're losing the ability to a degree to look at um, decisions made by the United States government um, objectively. Um, now, I understand, uh, you know, President Donald Trump, he's done some dumpster fire type stuff, Right. I would argue all presidents have done some dumpster fire type stuff, if if we would be honest. Um, and so it's important that as we are looking at this situation, and again, um, tomorrow, uh, the Department of Defense, the Defense Secretary is supposed to go to the Senate, supposed to give a briefing on what happens. Um, you know, out of what happened um, tonight with the rocket launches at the United States Troops in Iraq, you know, some things are going to change. You know, how is the United States going to respond? I think there now um, it is incumbent on the president of the United States to come to Congress and clearly um, articulate uh, not just to the Congress, but to the nation, uh, how he plans to lead the military in regards to this conflict. Uh, that is his uh, responsibility. Um, so, and, and, and so here's a, another reality. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm so like, uh, wow. You know, it's a hard world out there, especially on that side of the world. It, it, it is a hard world out there. Um, so I've, I've been reading some stuff on, uh, the general and, uh, the acts that he is responsible for a lot of bad stuff. Um, it, it, you know, the Bible says you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Um, you know, he, um, on one level, uh, th this man chose a military life. Uh, he chose a life of, um, leading uh, military forces, uh, the Kud, uh, their, their version of our special operations uh, out of Iran. And um, there are, there, there's things that come with that. I say the same thing for any of our generals who go overseas, you know, any of, any of our soldiers. He is a soldier, ours is a soldier, and they put themselves um, in that life knowing that there is a possibility um, that uh, their life could end violently, right? Uh, the other thing is this. Um, there's always going to be trade-offs. Um, when violence occurs, violence is, people are going to respond in kind, all right? Uh, that's how I opened up with. Uh, we need, as individuals, we, we need to res, um, pursue nonviolent ends. Um, if you look, though, at the history of Iran, they have chosen, 
I'm not specifically talking about the people, okay? But the government, all right? Um, the Ayatollahs and, and their government, they have consistently over decades chosen violence. Multiple United States embassies, the Kobar Towers, um, uh, the embassy just recently, uh, they have consistently chosen violence. And the reason they've chosen this is because it's rooted in a, uh, a religious belief. All right. About bringing in um, their version of uh, a Messiah, if you will, uh, that's going to usher in, you know, this this greatness or whatever. Uh, But we have to understand um, violence begets violence. And so um, and the military exists, our military, at least I can say this. I was told when I entered the military, the mission of the military, the United States Army, is to win the nation's wars. Every battle, every engagement. Um, I went in as a 92 Yankee supply logistics. But my my drill instructor, Drill Sergeant Roberts, Drill Sergeant Brockington, they told me, you're infantrymen first. You pick up an M16 and the goal is to kill. That is the, the purpose of the military. The military is not um, designed to be a social experiment. The military is not designed to uh, primarily clean up things. The military is not designed primarily to do Nation building, the military is primarily designed to fight and to win um, and execute violence. And so, um, but violence begets violence. And so now I talked about individuals. We have to look at how our nation, our, our nations interact with one another. How do our nations interact with one another? So you got the United States, right? United States have done some great things across the world. United States have done some suspect things across the world too, right? We interfere with elections. We try to upset um, governments, right? Let's call it what it is, all right? We've done good things, great things, and we've done some not so great things, some bad things, all right? Still the best place on earth, I'm telling you. Been a lot of places, Lived a lot of places. Still the best place on earth. So we have to hold responsible our elected officials, ambassadors, all the persons that interact with other national leaders. We have to hold them responsible. We have to hold them responsible and act in ways that are constitutional, act in ways that don't bring, uh, that don't seek to foment harm on American citizens, and act in ways that seek to increase the prosperity of all American citizens. I mean, hey, and I would hope the nation that's sitting across the table from our nation 
is looking for the best interests of its citizens, right? Seeking to protect its citizens and make its citizens prosper, but not at the expense of the United States or other American citizens. I think we need to understand that. But the other reality is that there are nations out there that only have their own interests and are seeking to do things at the expense of our lives, at the expense of our prosperity, at the expense of our security. That, that's part of the, that's, that's the world since the beginning. Um, since one brother took the life of another brother. Uh, and so what is it that we should do? We should remind our elected leaders, our ambassadors, anybody that's going abroad representing the United States of America, because when they're going abroad, they're representing you and your sons and your daughters and your grandma and your grandpa and papa and Gigi and your neighbor. And, you know, they're representing me in my household. They're representing all of us. And so it's important that decisions are made that are in our best interests. And sometimes decisions are made. Let me bring this full circle that just make us be like, oh, my gosh, what's about to happen? Oh, my gosh, I didn't like the fact that, you know, a bomb was dropped on said person, namely, you know, this general. So I would encourage you again, read up on different theories of just war. All right. Or pacifism or consequentialism or the right to self-defense. What does that look like for your individual life? But what does that look like for the nation? I would encourage you to uh, just read and pay attention to the information that comes out to mo- that comes out of uh, the defense Sec- secretary of defense's presentation to uh, the Senate. See what information, and then we can really have a a great discussion on how to move forward and uh, pray for your president. I don't envy his job. I don't at all. Who's ever in that office? I don't envy their job. And all the the, the incredible amount of information uh, that is coming at them and the decisions that they have to make. Um, sometimes quickly and sometimes over a period of time and knowing that whatever decision that they're going to make, somebody's going to be butthurt about it. Like somebody going to be butthurt about it. And, you know, that's the reality that they live in. Um, And so pray for your president. Yes, that is the right thing to do. We're talking about being right and just, and people always want to talk about being inclusive and loving. Well, Pray for your president. Send him an encouraging word. Right? At the same time, question your president. I don't know if you should have did that, but I'm going to wait for all the information. All right? Now, finally, pray for those awesome men and women uh, who are serving right now in Iraq. 
who are all throughout the Middle East, who are stationed there, who are on watch right now, uh, who are on alert right now, um, and pray for their husbands and wives and children who are away from them, wondering if they're okay, waiting for that phone call, making sure mom and dad is okay or son or daughter is okay. So, uh, appreciate the time. Appreciate y'all, uh, listening to me talk. Hey, if you got a question, just, you know, send it in. I'd be glad to answer it. I'll be, uh, up for a couple more hours doing some work. And so you guys take care. God bless. And remember to live in hope. If we can do that, we can do the impossible. And that even means bringing in more nonviolence in our world. And remember to be love, to be kind, and to be generous. Y'all take care and God bless. Thank you for listening to the Humanity Matters podcast. For more information, visit the website philipfletcher.org or send us an email at humanitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. And remember, as always, if we remember to live in hope, we can do the impossible. So be love, be kind, and be generous.